0: Hi, Five Oaks friends and family. I am coming to you today from Konikonik State Park, uh, Loop A, it's my favorite hike here. I think it's by far the prettiest area of this park, but it's probably the least used. Uh, I think it's significantly less used. Uh, But I'm coming to you from here just to give you a little variety today. I think we're all getting a little tired of watching our services online or on our phones or maybe on our TVs. And this just brings a little bit of variety to to what we've been doing. So we're continuing our series on Habakkuk. And in our series on Habakkuk, uh, we are looking at that because, well, because Habakkuk and the people of Israel were facing a situation that really speaks to our time. Uh, It was a, a a bit more intense than what we're experiencing with coronavirus, unless uh, you have it and you are in a uh, at-risk category. Uh, the reality is we're talking about a nation experiencing complete devastation uh, under the cruel hands of an enemy, the the, uh, the Babylonians. And so I'm going to invite you to get your Bibles out, turn to chapter 3. We're going to be looking at chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 for uh, this week and next week. And uh, so if you wanna go get your Bible and get your um, uh, outlines printed out and all that stuff, we'll put it up on the screen, get your communion things together so that the rest of the service can be seamless if you haven't done that yet. And we'll see you in a few moments. Before we go on with today's passage, I, I just wanted to tell you about the next series that we're going to be starting in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a series on prayer, and there's some questions uh, to get your head around what that series is going to be about, and uh, really to, to kind of build some excitement, because I'm very excited about this series, I want to ask you a few questions and see if your answer to these would be in the affirmative. So how do you think your life would change if every day you connected with God because you really didn't want to miss your time with Him? What if you could become, through prayer, a more gracious, thankful, and joyful person? And what if prayer could become such a positive, life-giving habit in your life that you practiced it even when you didn't feel like it? That's what the sermon series is going to be about. It's about equipping you with practical, biblical strategies that can transform your prayer life. And it's more than that. We're going to have... Our small groups are gonna tie into a course called the Prayer Course that's put out by the uh, 24-7 Prayer Movement. And uh, I hope that you will, if you're not in a small group, that you'll join a small group for this. I think this is gonna be something that is gonna equip you for now in this crisis, but way beyond it, when we return to a, a different kind of craziness than what we're all living now. If it's not obvious to you by now uh, I am not a videographer, and I am out here by myself, uh, shooting uh, with my camera, uh, pointing at myself in the selfie mode. Uh, but uh, we'll see if this works. If it doesn't work, you'll never see this, uh, this footage at all. You may hear that I tried, but you'll, you'll never see it. Well, anyways, we're going to be looking at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 today. And we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 26, the first 11 verses of that. And I have some good news that I want to share with you from that passage. Now, I don't know if you've seen the podcast, uh, I think it's called Some Good News. I think, yeah, Some Good News with John Krasinski, I think that's his name. Uh, He's Jeff, I mean, he's Jim from The Office and plays Jack Ryan in the Amazon series. And if you haven't seen it, it is really an encouraging video to watch because what he's just trying to do, he's just trying to uh, improve people's perspective, give them a little bit of hope and share some good news along the way. So the kind of news that Krasinski shares in his, uh, his podcast uh, is the kind of news that I try to share uh, in a feature that I do in my, uh, my blog, that's called This Is Us. And these features are about what what goes on when our congregation, they're about you, about us, about our church, and they are about what happens once we scatter. And they're very simple. They're a picture and they're a caption. And uh, that's it. It's that simple. But in that picture and that caption, I think a lot of people are encouraged. Now, I have really upped the ante on trying to provide these, but we're going to do something different. We're going to actually... We're actually going to move that from my blog for a few weeks to right now during, during the, the services, either during my sermon time or earlier in the service, and we're going to want to share that with you. But to do it well, I think you're going to have to help me a little bit. You're going to have to tattletale on your friends and family. People that you know from Five Oaks, they might be family, they might be friends, who are doing things to help people and to glorify God. And what I need is for you to send me a picture and a caption. I can't say that I'll use it for sure, but uh, I might. And and in doing that, you're really going to encourage a lot of people. I want to share one with you that is from my blog and that you may have already seen. Uh, but I think it's really encouraging one. Here's the picture, and now here's the caption. When Five Ochre, Steve Barclay's mom, passed away a few weeks ago, and a memorial service could not happen because of the virus, their small group quickly moved into action. The group met at the funeral home and stood holding signs of support and encouragement as they drove by. The Barclays had no idea they were going to be there. It was a great and beautiful example of God showing up and mobilizing his people here on the ground to give hope and comfort in a time of distress and grief. Hey, can you find some stories like that? Doesn't have to be that dramatic, but some stories of people in our congregation doing good stuff for other people, bringing glory to God, if you have that, you have some good news to share like that, would you help other people hear about it? Email me your picture or the picture of of that person or something that represents what was going on and send it to office at fiveoakschurch.org. I don't remember if I told you earlier that today's uh, sermon is entitled Some Good News with Habakkuk the prophet, a play on the on that podcast but i do want to share some good news with you and one of the pieces of good news that i want to share with you is that our giving at five oaks the giving that you provide as the church as the body of christ is at the level it would be all the way through last weekend it's at the level that it would be under normal circumstances now that's good news but it's not just good news in the sense that yeah we're we're doing well on our budget uh, it's, it's good news for some other reasons. Uh, there are a lot of reasons that go into that. And we'll go over some of those in a moment. But I think the primary reason is one that maybe you haven't thought about, and it ties into uh, what our passages today uh, are talking about. Uh, not only that, I think it has an impact that maybe you haven't thought about, an impact on your own life. The fact that we are at regular giving levels under the conditions that we're living under, I think has an impact on your own life and your own heart. So we're gonna be looking at that today. Now, in addition to that, or before we do that, we're gonna pray the prayer of illumination and then uh, asking God the Holy Spirit to speak to us through his word. And then we're gonna have some of our high school seniors uh, read the scripture for today for us. The prayer of illumination is based on Psalm 25 and I invite you to pray with me, but you can go ahead and keep your eyes open. I'll try to keep my eyes open as I walk down this path. Heavenly Father, we know that you are faithful. We know that you are good. We wanna see your ways, and we wanna follow the path that you have for us. As we look to your word, we ask that we would be open to your spirit. Lead us by your truth. Teach us what you have for us. Show us more of who you are Remind us that you are the God who saves us. Our hope is in you alone. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Habakkuk 3:17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 11. When you have entered the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you, and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, and say to the priest in the office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, with great terror and with great signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruit of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things that the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Well, a special thank you to our high school seniors for doing the reading for us. We're at a part of the trail where I'm actually off the main trail, so it's kind of take it at your own risk. It's not maintained. It's not too bad, at least this part. I haven't really been any farther than this. But it's kind of a little destination of this trail because there is a little waterfall uh, that's coming up here in just a moment. And it's called the Hidden Falls. It's called the Hidden Falls Trail or Loop A or the Red Trail or some of the names for it. But I just want to say a couple of things about the passage that was just read. So the the second passage, Deuteronomy, God is giving instructions to the Israelites as they're about to go into the promised land. He's giving them instructions about how they're to give. And these aren't the only instructions, but in these instructions, He makes a point. He says, I want you to give from the first fruits of your harvest. That's part of what they're giving was supposed to be about, from the first fruits of their harvest. It means as soon as, as, before the harvest was complete, but as the first fruits came out, they were to take a portion of that, and give that. The first passage that was read, the one from Habakkuk, speaks about a time when there will be no first fruits because there will be no harvest. And yet Habakkuk says he will give and God is calling them to give. And we're going to see what kind of giving that is in just a few moments. Well, I've never been down here before, but I sure am glad I'm down here now, especially uh, for this occasion, for the sermon. A uh, little treacherous coming down, uh, but there were plenty of trees to stop me if, if I slipped and, uh, and started rolling. Um, just absolutely beautiful. Well, all this that I'm talking about ties in. You know, when I've been talking about the budget and everything being at the right spot for this time of year as if it was a normal year. Uh, all this ties into the passage that we've been talking about here, because I think the reason why uh, there there could there are a lot of reasons why the giving is where it's at. One one of the reasons, obviously, is that in our congregation we've not had a lot of layoffs and possibly not a lot of cuts in pay. Part of the reason would be that uh, might be that people have taken cuts in pay uh, are have decided to give at the level they were going to give anyway. And I do know because I've had conversations where some people are giving more to make up for what other people might not be able to give. And those are all factors, but I don't think those are the main factors. I think, I think the main factor is, and I'll explain why in a moment, but the main factor is that you give from your first fruit. Because if there was any time, most of you give out of your salary, most of you don't give out, a big pile of, out of a big, big pile of money that you have stored away somewhere. And this is a time of uncertainty. This is a time where you don't know what's going to happen to your job and you don't know what's going to happen to your salary. Almost all of you don't know. And yet yet you're giving. You're giving from your first fruit. The Israelites were told to give from the first fruit because it was a big act of faith. They were to give before they knew what the harvest was going to be. They were called to give from the harvest as well, from the rest of the harvest. But they were called to give at the very beginning of the harvest when they didn't know. Where uh, whether the rest of the harvest would come in or not. They didn't know if there would be locusts. They didn't know if there would be storms, if there would be drought. They just had no way of knowing. But they were to give in faith. God made it very clear. He makes it clear in the Old Testament. He makes it clear in the New Testament as well that our giving is not supposed to be from leftovers. And that's the way that you're giving. You're giving actually from your first fruit. And that is the primary explanation for... Why it is uh, that our budget is where it's at? That's good news. A little over ten years ago, maybe it's about fifteen years ago, there was a comprehensive study that was done on spiritual maturity and spiritual growth, and it tried to determine, as part of that study, it tried to determine why why it is that people tie uh, to their churches, and the people doing the study, they they hypothesized that people tithe because of a compelling vision that the church casts for them. Or they tithe because of what the church was going to give them, the W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me, reason for giving. But they were wrong. By the time the study was done, what they realized that the number one reason, overwhelmingly, for people tithing is that tithers tithe, because the Bible tells them so. That's it. Tithers tithe because they trust God and His Word enough to do one of the most unnatural things any human can do, and that is to give in times of plenty and also to give in times of uncertainty. Well, if, uh, if you've ever wondered why uh, fly fishing is a love of mine, Uh, you can see why. This is what it looks like almost everywhere. You go in Wisconsin and Minnesota to do some fly fishing. I want to talk a little bit about the impact of giving from the first fruits because it has it has an enormous impact on your life, whether you recognize it or not. I'm going to let Jesus himself tell you what the impact is uh, we looked at it a few weeks ago when we were studying the Sermon on the Mount, but this is from Matthew chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 19, where it says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The impact of giving on your life is on your very heart. It fine-tunes your heart. You know, God goes for the heart in the Deuteronomy passage. Hopefully you noticed it. Maybe you noticed it when it was being read. But He instructs the Israelites, not only to give from their first fruits, He instructs them to actually uh, come to the temple that will eventually be built, and before then, come to the tabernacle, come to the priest, and bring the offering of the first fruits. And then he instructs them to actually speak to the Lord as they give the offering. He tells them what to say. Now, I don't know that they had to memorize this or say it exactly, or whether they would possibly read it from a scroll or or something like that. I have no idea. Uh, my guess is that it was giving them instruction and they could put it into their own words. But they had something that they were supposed to say, and they were supposed to say it, I think in part because it's important to speak with our mouths. It's like when we sing songs, you can think the song, you can think the words, but when you say them, something happens. But I think they were also supposed to say it because it was an opportunity to instruct their children. And from what it says at the end of the passage, probably to instruct uh, foreigners that lived with them who didn't know God and really maybe wouldn't understand why they were giving. But here's what it says. I'm going to read it again, beginning in verse 5 of Deuteronomy 26. It says, Then you shall declare before the Lord your God. This is what you're supposed to say. My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, The God of our ancestors and the Lord heard our voice and he saw our misery. He saw our toil and he saw our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Retell your story. Retell the story of God's grace in saving them out of slavery in Egypt. And then he instructs them further. He says, Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and to your household. That stream we were at a little while ago is one of, I don't know, probably hundreds, maybe more, I don't know, tributaries, little tributaries that feed into the Konikonik River. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it down there, and I'm not even sure I'm at the main part of the river here. But there's a Konikonik River down there. And it reminded me, as I was walking here, it reminded me of how the story of God is. You have all these, these stories, it's tributaries that all lead to one place. And it's not a different God of the Old Testament, and a, like a kinder, gentler God of the New Testament. The, the God of the Old Testament was all about grace. Even as he gave the law to the people of Israel, it was out of his grace. And he went for the heart. You see that in that passage in Deuteronomy. He doesn't want them to just give and to keep the law. He wants them to give joyfully. He wants them to give as a testimony. He wants them to give from the heart. And here's what happens when we give. Your giving is fine tuning your heart for God and for His purposes. That's what Jesus said. You may not see it, and you probably don't usually detect it until times like these, when giving something might cost you something later. When giving now may mean parting with money that you are going to need at a, at a later date. Your giving is fine-tuning your heart for God and for His purposes. That's some good news. But what happens in a day like the one that Habakkuk describes, a day when there is nothing from which to give. Habakkuk still says he will give. And we just have to look at what it is that he will give. Here is Habakkuk in verse 17 describing that day. He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. That's where we got the name to this series, from that that verse. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. That's what he gives God. He gives him praise. He gives him rejoicing. He gives him his joy by making God his joy. And then he adds, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So next week we're going to return to this passage and we are going to look more deeply at what it means and to rejoice in the Lord in times of trouble tri- tribulation suffering and devastation. But today what we can do is we can we can practice. We can pr- practice giving to the Lord by rejoicing in the Lord. And we can do that as we worship God, as we continue to worship God and give him our thanks and our praise in response to his word. That's some good news. Well, I didn't think to bring the communion elements with me, uh, but uh, we're going to celebrate communion now. And we're going to remember as we celebrate communion, we're going to remember that Jesus on the cross experienced the kind of devastation that Habakkuk describes in chapter 3. And he did it for us. So I invite you now to take the bread and eat the bread, remembering that Christ's body was broken for you. and invite you to take the cup and drink it, remembering that his blood was shed for you for the remission of your sins. If you have children not taking communion, give them a taste of honey and pray the blessing that's on the screen. God bless you. Let's continue our response together.